Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Hittipu, Yimhotep, Indamana, Indamanesh, Nangadef, Majro, Habargani, Anisogoma, Salbona, Peace, War. Pan African Greetings family, you've been at Africa's reascension, and I'm your host, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. Barring any more blog talk glitches, we'll go ahead and start off our show as usual with an apae or a libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African guides, our African spirit forces, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. I go, I go, I go. Odumakaman, Inyame, Inyamewa, Treaty of Pong, Mawulisa, Olavu, Amengra, Bejiansa, Asafia, Insa, Abasum, Insa, Abasumpo, Insa, Dana Sergibi, Insa, Dana Esiketua, Insa, Dana Kofi, Dana Tigray, Dana Tigray, Dana Tigray, Insa, Dana Sinkofa, Insa, Dana Kumi, Amen, Ra. 
Use me in this form to impart clear, African-centered theoretical and practical information so those listening can use it for their own transformation back into the sovereign Africans they once were. I speak directly to their so-and-so, their spirit, their ori, their spiritual head, and their ab, the heart, which for Kirin was the seat of intelligence. And may these words awaken the long, dormant, and asleep African inside of them. Madasipa, Madasibio, Mopiapo, Monekasa, Madase Nanano, Yo Madase Nanano. The Apai or libation is an ancient practice that's still done to this nanosecond in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, future become one. If those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now and drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. Again, the events of Africa's reascension. This is your host, Kamal McCasey Dehuti. I'm doing fine, Sanubia, Madasi, for the support. Thank you, thank you for dropping by. Uh, a few other notes of housekeeping. Please click on the ads on this page. That helps me out here at Blog Talk, the program I've got going on with them. Uh, check out my YouTube page, Africa's Reascension Channel. That's A-F-R-I-K-A-S-R-E-A-S-C. E-N-T-I-O-N, Africa's Reascension, all one word. That's the channel on YouTube. There we have visual clips of our segments here from our archives, favorites saved um, from YouTube, and as well as uploads from our own personal libraries. Um, I'm Marimba Ani, Amos Wilson, Judge Clark, and others are there. You can see them and hear them, so check them out. Africa's Reascension channel on YouTube. If you would like a copy of my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, please go to negrochristian.webs.com. N-E-G-R-O-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N dot webs, W-E-B-S dot com. You go there, you pick up my book for sixteen ninety five plus shouldn't I And I also have fifteen other books listed there um that you can pick up for free. Uh, there's a little box on there. You type in the book that you want for free, um, complete the order, and then basically you get two books for the price of one. And I'm in the process of updating and expanding the uh, possible books that you can pick for free. Um, so check it out. Check it out, negrochristian.webs.com. A few other good blog talk shows to check out, Pan-Africanism or Parish by our good buddy Taj Malik, usually on Thursday nights at 10 p.m., uh, but just in um, the blog talk search engine, type in Pan-Africanism or Parish or type in Taj Malik, T-A-J, next word, M-A-L-I-K, and then, you know, follow this show. Um, 
bounces around from time to time. So, but there is some very good and powerful liberatory information that that brother is putting out uh, from from an Afrocentric perspective and a unique perspective in that a lot of it is coming from the continent. Uh, so he, he's repatriated. So he, he has that vantage point on the world, on our struggle. And, and so he brings a lot of that to bear in his show. So definitely check that out. Again, Pan-Africanism or Parish by Taj Malik. Queen Ifama, The True Terrorist, I-F-A-M-A, Sundays at 7 p.m. right before this show. Um, you want to check her out. Only if you can handle the raw but naked truth. She don't sugarcoat. She don't put honey or sweetener on it. None of that. She just give it to you. Bow. <laughs> and so you want to check that out. Queen Ifama, I-F-A-M-A. AMA, The Truth Terrorist, Sundays, 7 p.m. And then um, another excellent, excellent show as well. Um, Sister Ia Adjua, I-Y-A, next word, A-D-J-U-A. And her show is Wahimi Masu, Cultural Rebirth Connections. Usually on Wednesdays, Around four, four thirty. Um, again, another good show. Um, undiluted, uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered information. And um, now we know the title of this is Africa's Reascension. And then for those who know a little bit of Medu Metcher, with Hemi Masu is a term that stands for repetition of the birth which some have even uh, equated to renaissance, which then could also be equated to reascension. So Africa is reascension uh, from a female perspective, but she got her own name, so I ain't going to take it with any Masu. <laughs> I actually was thinking about that day title for the show, but I figured I would throw too many folks off. So it's good that I didn't because she got it now, so that's cool. So check her out via Adjua I-Y-A. A-D-J-U-A Wahimi Masu Cultural Rebirth Connections uh, Wednesdays Usually maybe between like Somewhere around 4, 4.30 Is the start time Eastern um, Checking my email And I came across There will be Again for the folks in the New York area Tuesday, October 22nd at 2 o'clock, and then Wednesday, no, that's not the right day. I I mean, October 22nd at 2, and then October 23rd at 6.30. That's actually Saturday and Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, up at the African Poetry Theater, 176-03 Jamaica Avenue in Jamaica, Queens, New York. There will be a free 
two-day Nat Turner Festival. Um, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Nat Turner, a timeless prophet, a timeless message, the performance on October 22nd. Nat and Sherry Turner will respond to calls from two black children living in present-day America and Africa. What will they meet in the 21st century? That will be going on Saturday from 2 to 4.30 at the Langston Hughes Cultural Center, um, 100-01 North Boulevard in Queens. And then there will be a discussion afterwards a critical study of a valiant leader and his infamous insurrection that brought death to the murderous oppressors of black people. And on the panel of that talk, they will have, um, they have scheduled um, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, Dr. Camille Yarborough, Dr. Kamal Campbell out of North Carolina, and um, Dr. Umar Abdullah Johnson, uh, I think he may still be the um, education secretary for the UNIA. Don't quote me on that, but I know he's involved with the UNIA. I heard him speak um, during Marcus Garvey Day uh, here, down here in D.C. So so those three brothers and one sisters will be on that panel to talk about Brother Nat Turner. And then on... Sunday from 3 to 6.30 at the African Poetry Theater, um, they'll be having event. I guess everything has a, all the details haven't been fully laid out for the Sunday event. But um, that's what's going on Saturday. So Saturday and Sunday. So And, and they say it's all free. Um, so if you're in the New York area, and I actually might be in the area during that time, um, it'll be uh, my birthday weekend. Uh, it, it, it's on that Friday, actually, October 21st, and I, I'm thinking it's nothing that's official yet that I might be wanting to go up to New York and hang out with friends and stuff that weekend. So if I'm up there, I will definitely, <laughs> definitely, up there uh, Saturday to hear what they got to say. But that's the information. Uh, again, October 22nd and 23rd, uh, both in Queens. On Saturday, they will be at the Langston Hughes Culture Center, 100-01 North Boulevard. Northern Boulevard in Queens, and then Sunday they will be at the African Poetry Theater, 176-03 Jamaica Avenue, Jamaica, New York, uh, two-day free Matt Turner Festival. May Brother Matt Turner live for the next 15,000 years. So, we will be doing our conclusion of uh, standards to being African and Yame and Sheshe. 
Uh, when I re-listened to the last show, uh, I did what I said I wasn't going to do, which was rush through them for time. And and this information, this specific information, I, I still strongly feel is too important to be rushed through. And looking at the numbers of each of the shows, everyone is gobbling up this, these shows as far as downloads and, and, and checking them out. So first, I have to say modestly to everyone for that. Thank you for seeing the value in them um, to the point where not only hopefully that you're downloading them and listen to them, but you're uh, passing them on and letting other folks listen to them so we can get some specific and direct clarity on what it means to be African and get some standards going on. Um, And so we can get out of the morass that we're in, quite honestly. Um, And so I'm going to go back, what I have in my head, because I'm going to go back over the stuff that I felt that I rushed in that last, area on nation building, go back and give it the time it deserves. And then within the broadcast, go back through all, I think, 120 points and just read them. So then you have, I've shared with everyone, the um, tangible copy. Again, for each one of these, I've created a Google Docs link, and so if you just go to the show page, it's the first thing right up top. There's a Google Docs link, which gives you the link to this Inyame and Sheshe paradigm, uh, what we here at Africa's Reascension has called the standards to be an African, but what the creators of it call Inyame, Inyame and Sheshe paradigm, Inyame's order, uh, so you have the physical, tangible copy. And over the course of the four, now five shows, we went through uh, pretty much each one and tried to elaborate on them a little bit more. And so somewhere within the course of the show, uh, we'll also just read them all. Read them directly, concisely, so then you will have all of them listed all in one show. So then you can go back and listen to them. Uh, if you have the um, editing software or whatnot, you can, you know, chop it out and just have the all of the principles and everything laid out. So you can listen to them over and over again and uh, honestly assess yourself where you at, where you're strong at, where you're weak at, need to work on. Uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, assess other individuals, assess other organizations, uh, see where they're at, all that sort of stuff. So that's that's where that's that's where I'm thinking we're gonna roll with this show tonight. Um, but again, just the numbers for for the series are just off the charts. So I just wanna again say Madasi to everyone for seeing the value in these standards to be an African series that we're doing. 
So, before we get into that, play some music and some clips, and then we will jump into it right back after the break. Africa's reascension. Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301. 760-454-1111. When are we going to, as African people, step up the dialogue? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Because it's black African power. An uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African centeredness. 760-454-1111. 760-454-1111. As of this moment, we are at war. There is no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace without, without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. What kind of God do you wish him? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Is this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. This psychology of violence occurs because there was a, a decision to systematically de-Africanize African people. All right. To de-Africanize us. All right. To, to de-spiritualize us. All right. And that systematic process occurs in a couple of ways that I think I'm going to use one right. uh, for, the, for this evening to talk about how it happens. I want you to recognize in the world that there are, that every living thing has a nature. Every living thing has a nature. All right. And so a, a, a farmer, if I'm a, a, a farmer who raises sheep, and I want the, my dog to protect my sheep, I have to first de-dog my dog. Right. Okay. <laughs> I have to first de-dog my dog. All right. All right. Huh? And so the way I de-dog my dog All right. is that I take the puppy All right. from its mother at birth. All right. I can't let the puppy realize All right. that it is a dog because his mama might tell him, All right. baby, you a dog. All right. So I've got to take the dog from its mother. All right. And then I place the head of the puppy against the head of a sheep. All right. I want to the dog, the puppy dog, to see all right. that all that exists in the world is a sheep. All right. All that is holy all is right. a sheep. All right. Then I force the dog to suckle mm. at the breast of the sheep. Mm. 
I want the puppy to realize that its very existence All right. depends upon the sheep. All right. All right. Psychological violence. All right. Then, then I train the puppy. Right. Looking at the, the sheep every day, in and out, every day. Right. Sucking at the sheep every day, in and out. Then as the puppy gets stronger, All right. becomes maybe a teenage puppy. All right. All, All right. that strength, no All mind, right. just strength. All right. Right? The, the puppy's strong. Then I, then I, I, I capitalize right. on a natural instinct mm. of living things, right. which is to have territorial imperative. Mm. All living things have a natural instinct of territorial imperative. Right. So I will enter into the corral now an old dog, All right. a scraggly dog, All right. an ugly dog, a dog you'd be ashamed of mm -hmm. if you were a dog. All right. All right. And the puppy engaging in instinctually right. the natural territorial imperative will attack that old dog. All right. Now I fixed the battle because the old dog was weak, old, defenseless with a strong, young, healthy teenage dog. Mm. And as that teenage dog kills the old dog, I reward him. Mm. I reward right. him. I have de-dogged the dog. All right. I have told the dog psychologically that you are not a dog. All that you see that's important are the sheep. You, in psychological language, traumatize the being and place them at risk. What happens when black children at birth are given to a medium where all that they see that is holy is whiteness? All they see is holy on television, in the books, in the schools, walking down the streets, everywhere they go, all that they see in front of their face is that whiteness is holy. I've taken the puppy at birth from its mama. Psychologically, you dislocate and create identity confusion. What happens when, when, when I suckle and am taught to suckle at the great white breast? That I'm taught you can have all those interesting thinking. You, can, you may be a creative writer, but you better go get you a good government job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't depend upon black folk for nurturing right. and for development. You've got to get a white man's job. You can't be wearing all that African shit. You can't be having them dreadlocks. You can't be, you can't be having them big ass. You better clean that shit up and get you a good job. You see, see the psychology here? That I am sucking at the big white breast. I'm sucking at it. And the more I suck at it, the more I realize that if I am to exist, I must depend upon whiteness. Then you decenter and misorient people. You force the puppy to to fight mm -hmm. its territorial imperative. Right. So now, I'm not African, I'm Jamaican. I'm not African, I'm from Brazil. I'm not African, I'm from California. I'm not African, I'm from Detroit. I'm, my territorial imperative no longer becomes Africa. It becomes whatever ground Wade Noble stands on. It ain't about nothing but Wade Nobles. You see what I'm saying? See, this is what? De-dogging the dog. And so you can, if you can, de if I can make a sheepdog, which we know we can, All right. I can make an African not African. But the, but the, the value here is that if you know the process of de-dogging the dog, All right. you can re-dog the dog. All right. huh? If you know the process, if you know the process of de-Africanizing African people, All right. 
And there is a will. That's the important part. If there is a will, you can re-Africanize African people. And that re-Africanization of African people comes with having a deep and profound conversation with Africa. So we have to begin to talk to Africa. Not only Africa meaning that geographical landmass, but that Africa that is inside of us. The African that is in our spirit. We've got to begin to look at that thing and understand how that occurs in terms of African people. We're back after his reascension. This is Kamal McKay Kihuji. Uh We played a, the, the, the longer promo for our show. And then a clip from uh, Baba, uh, Baba Wade Nobles. And I played that clip specifically, which ties in with our show, with these set of shows, is uh, Standards of Being African is these 120, 130 points help us move us back to our center. Um, The one thing I have said and will keep saying, and so I I can't say it no more, is that the root problem of what's going on with us is that we have been transformed from who we are into black-skinned white people. And we don't fully We don't acknowledge that Number one And when we do We don't understand the depth Of that transformation And so We we, Either we try to do things Outside of An an African paradigm Which won't work Uh, We keep by by being an ahistorical type people, we keep trying solutions, quote unquote solutions that have failed uh, over and over and over again. Or we try to deal with or I said that try to deal with solutions that aren't rooted in uh, the best of our Africanness, even as we move forward. And so we keep saying over and over again. Uh, some folks would even argue that our, our situations are getting worse and worse nowadays, 2011 Gregorian calendar. And so the, the Sinyame and Sheshe paradigm that we've been going through over the past uh, now five weeks per se is, is information to get us back to who we are. Um, as we say every day in, in well, every week in our opening, Africa's Reascension is here to give you uh, practical and theoretical African-centered information to move us back to the sovereign Africans that we once were. And so every way, in some way or another, uh, that's, that's what we're, that's what our goal is. Because our Africanness is our power. Our Africanness is that which delinks us from the the present oppressive conditions and future oppressive conditions. Uh, if some folks' um, projections come out to be true, um, Asia, and, or specifically China, will be the next superpower. And so then we'll be talking about China's supremacy, Nyela's supremacy, 
and if we don't have our stuff in play and we don't get back control of our home, which is what the place that we now call Africa, that continent and those resources, um, then we'll, who knows how many more years we'll be spending uh, complaining about what the yellow man is doing to us, what the Chinese is doing to us. Uh, but you catch that, complaining about what other people are doing to us, complaining about other people not being fair to us. When once we root ourselves in who we are, modernize it without westernizing, and then and then apply it and, and create tangible structures, tangible thought, tangible things from it, uh, we're going to keep doing the same damn thing, just period, point blank. And so we played that clip, because I, th- I think it's very, very good the way um, walks through how we got to the situation that we're in now, and he hinted at how we can get out of it. And so here at After Ascension, we go further than hinting. We try to give you um, concrete, tangible information that now you have to go back, think it over, throw it around in your brain, and then apply it. And then share it with other people, possibly move other people, then link arms, then then link brain power, then link finances and funds, and then we can start building piece by piece uh, this nation that a lot of us are talking about but we're not doing what I would feel would be the um, actual proper things to bring it about. So, segue into H, the last section, in the Nyame Sheshe paradigm, nation building, national sovereignty, and the war of irreconcilable cultural realities. We'll be reading from pages 22, 23, and the top of 24. Again, for those listening uh, on the computer or yeah, uh, right there on the show page, uh, click that link. It's a Google Stock link to the Inyame and Sheshe Paradigm. And again, I don't know if they, I doubt, actually, if they give you the capacity to um, print it out. So if you want a copy of the document, just shoot me an email, Kamal301, K-A-M-A-U-301 at yahoo.com, and I'll shoot the document to you. So then you can have it, um, make copies of it, um, post it in your organization, post it in your institutions, post it in your home. Uh, post them at your jingilis, at your altar. You know, use them. Don't just be like, oh, okay, I got some cool information, yada, yada. No. It's about using it, transforming the individual, then transforming the family, then transforming the group, then transforming the race and nation. So now some of these we did give proper time to last week, 
But I think right around maybe eight or nine, I forget where I put my notes, um, that's where I had to rush through them. So I'll just read a few of them up to that point, and then we'll go back and then give proper credence to the rest of them. So um, part H, number one, principle one under nation building, Africa is experiencing the nadir or condition of maximal chaos in its historical cycle. Number two, the condition of maximal chaos is occasioned by the dissolution of traditional society, the scattering and dismemberment of ancient clans and lineages, the abandonment of the traditional shrine, and the ignorance of traditional cosmology. Period. There's more to it, but as we said last week, those four items is what started our downfall. While Arabs and Caucasoids have done a magnificent job in getting us to the horrible place that we are collectively right now, the problem started first internally with us. with us. And so some folks, you know, want to debate that if we just focus on us and get our stuff together, then we'll have to deal with outside forces because once we get our stuff tight, we'll be able to deal with the outside forces. And I sort of agree with that, but another part of me feels like um, the people who make that argument underestimate those outside forces. If it was a group that would give you some breathing time, give you some breathing room, then yeah, I think that there would be, you could um, just focus on yourself and, and get what you need to get squared away um, and, and move in that space like that. But if anything has shown us, it's history, and history has shown us that Cogazoids have not let up on on African people for the, about the last 3,500 years, maybe 4,000 now. Um, I think I said it a few shows ago, Africa and African people have been under constant assault if you look at it from when Kenneth fell all the way till now, Caucasoids have not enemies, let me say it this way, enemies of Africa have not let up on us. Because you got the Greeks, they finally took stuff over around three twenty five. Um then the Romans come in, they mess stuff up. And then um you know, then 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 Caucasoids sort of take a back step in history. Uh, as they're they're fighting amongst themselves, you've got the, the, the Teutons and the Visigoths and Anglos and Saxons, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but during in that meantime, in between time, you had the Arabs come in and do their thing for about 
four to six hundred years. Uh, and then after that, then you have the the Caucasoids reemerge um, out of their dark ages and come back, and they haven't stopped since. So if you look all the way back from Kemet, which is us, again we're talking about we got to identify with our history. Not just read and be like, oh, that's some cute information, blah, blah, blah. No, that was us. So identifying with that history and, and using it and making it real. From Kemet, the, the, the last fall, we're talking 25th Dynasty, as, as Dr. Clark and Dr. Ben talked about, um, after you reach the 25th Dynasty, you can stop counting. <laughs> that was Africa's, that was Kemet's last great walk in the sun. So from the Final Greek invasion where they can say that they now control Egypt, it becomes Egypt proper then, all the way to right now, 2011 Gregorian calendar, we have been under constant assault. And some of that, it started with us, the dissolution of traditional society, the scattering and dismembering of ancient clans and lineages, and the, um, as Dr. Clark would say, the bastardization of clans and lineages um, by the practice that that, that Kenneth did, and we saw his downfall as far as taking in um, foreign women into the the dynasties and to the lineages. Uh, That didn't work then, and it don't work now, but again, we haven't learned that lesson. Um, the abandonment of traditional shrines and the ignorance of traditional cosmology. Then, number two, continued after that period. It has been occasioned only incidentally by the ascendancy of the non African to a position of world conqueror and dominant cultural, political, and economic presence. So at that time, if we go back to Kemet, or even if we go, oh, maybe by the time 1440 come around, it might have been too late. We may have still had a chance before the Arabs came, maybe. But if we had shorn up those four areas, then it's possible that the Arabs wouldn't have been able to weaken us to the point of where the Caucasoids now, well, Caucasoids and Arabs, have us now. And so, as as Wade Noble said in the clip, as far as being able to reverse the process to redog the dog, and reading number two, we have to reverse those four areas. Ignorance of traditional cosmology must become um, the revival and the re-understanding and the reusing of traditional cosmology. The abandonment of traditional shrines must be the reinvigoration of our traditional shrines. The scattering and dismemberment of ancient clans and lineages, especially now in these ma'afa, I won't say post-ma'afa, but in, in, in the scattering of us all over, we have to, either through DNA or through spiritual work, start reconnecting with our clans and with our lineages on the continent. Uh, 
you know, outside of America, folks just want to be like, oh, well, I'll trace my lineage back to Georgia. It goes further than that, too. And again, I say through DNA and or spiritual work. There, 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 there's two ways there that you can relearn and reconnect with um, who you are and which and which specific ancestors have been calling you on this African path and talking to you and stuff like that. And the dissolution of traditional society, reverse that is pulling them back together. And obviously for us remaking them in a modern non-Western context. Redoing those four things in the reverse will then help us uh, create a defense mechanism against all outside forces. Uh, but what I was saying is that that, that while we do need to do, while we must do that internal work since the downfall started with internal issues with causozoids specifically, we always have to at least have some segment, some section countering their lies and countering their propaganda and, 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 and keeping them out of all areas that we have designated as liberated zones and attempting to keep them out of our psyche and, and, and our heads and, and, and especially keeping them out of our bedrooms. <laughs> and if you can, keeping them out of the shaping of your children's minds. The, 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 there has to be that moving away from, we talked about that last week, um, Within re-Africanization, one of those principles, um, number six, re-Africanization, number six and number eight, re is that principle of rediscovery, reclamation, and re-identification with the traditional culture of Africa. It is simultaneously the abandonment of non-African linkages, values, and behaviors. Non-African expressions, philosophies, religions, and ideologies must be abandoned as norms and normative in our lives. So 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 those things have to be done in consort. And and as far as what we've went through, I would argue that we have to probably seventy, thirty, seventy percent internal work and thirty percent um, keeping, especially because they're aggressive with their um, anti-African way of life and behavior. They're they're very aggressive with it. It's within their nature, if you've read and understood Yorubu. So we can't just sit back and think that we'll be able to create our African nation wherever we want to and and be able to live and just chill and they won't come mess with us. No, they will come mess with us. <laughs> so we have to have defense set up for whatever institutions the Fihankras and Liberated Zones we set up, and we have to be um, on the uh, on the protective side on keeping their thought away from our children as much as possible 
and and and, and keeping their thought out of our heads as much as possible to make sure that we don't make skewed decisions or skewed judgments or things like that. Number three, the pursuit of full and complete national sovereignty must be undertaken simultaneously with the quest for personal collective rationalization of family development. They are all essential aspects of the same effort. We spoke at length of that last week, so... Number four, the physical reality of Africa is grounded in the spirit, and its motive force is the dynamic interaction of spirit and material. Again, of these beginning ones, for folks that are just joining us, we're just reading them, and we went into them pretty pretty well last week. Uh, we'll go more in-depth with some of the later ones that I felt that I rushed through, and I said I wanted to go through that. Uh, yeah. The physical cultures and polities of Africa have been compromised by an alien culture reality which denies spirit and whose perception of reality is limited to the material and driven by the pursuit of power and dominion. Number six. The relation of the two culture realities is adversarial and manifests in perpetual tension and conflict. We, again, I spoke on that last week, and I, again, I'm still looking at the numbers, and, 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 and to be quite honest, y'all are sleeping. Go back, download, listen to, and take to heart the law of irreconcilable realities, the African versus the non-African. Um, I mean, maybe I need to re-listen to them again. Maybe the reason why folks say download them is because I wasn't clear enough, and maybe I need to do another show on it, being even more clear on them, maybe give me some feedback on it. But I, I really feel, for whatever reason, folks are, are still sleeping on that show, those shows, those two shows right there, on the law of irreconcilable reality. And just understanding that and making it real in your life will help move us as African people forward. European reality is 180 degrees different and anti to African reality. So all of this stuff on taking European concepts and just blacking them up and thinking that that's okay and that's what we need to do is part of the problem. Now, they they, they, they address how to navigate that terrain not only later on in what we'll be reading in the Yame and Sheshe, but later on in the book um, that I got it from, um, Sankofa Movement, Rationalization, and the Reality of War. They've put together a whole paradigm on how to deal with foreign technology, foreign ideas, all that sort of stuff in context of or within your African nation. We seem to be the only group of people who take foreign ideas wholesale um, 
we really believe that they're universal and they can apply and do apply to everyone, regardless of who you are. But every other culture will take European technology, will take a few European ideas, tweak them and put them within their own cultural framework and then use them um, to to what they deem to be the best way possible. Uh, Don't take the computer in wholesale. You change the uh, keyboard to fit your cultural dynamics. And, and, and for folks who have been to Arab countries, you see that. They have the Arabic characters on the computers. Uh, and that's just one example. But we just want to take stuff wholesale, again, because we're disconnected from who we are. So. Number eight, the African's objective in this perpetual war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I skipped. No, I skipped over a few. Number six, let me go back. The relation, no, I said that. The relation of the two cultural realities is adversarial and manifests in perpetual tension and conflict. Number seven, page 23. The historic imbalance and warfare between the two cultural realities was brought on by Africans' internally generated weakness and the opportunistic expansion and proliferation of the non-Africans' aggressive, parasitic, and endemic chaos. Now, number eight. The African's objective in this perpetual war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty in this traditional and spiritually determined concept of order. So, and then number nine, war is the only appropriate context for the conceptualization of the relations between Africans and non-Africans. So if we go back through some of these, again, number seven ties back in with number two, which deals with it's it was brought on, it, it, the conflict was started by our own um, internally generated weaknesses and the opportunistic expansion and proliferation of um, the aggressive Caucasoids and, and, and their endemic or from their genesis, <laughs> chaos and chaotic worldview and reality. It's both of those things combined. And so to get out of it, both of those things have to be dealt with um, sort of simultaneously. Um, and they say the, the, the main objective, that's why when I was talking about with number two, we probably need to give 70% of our energy to dealing with the internal issues and 30% dealing with the aggressive anti-African outsider. Um, the objective is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty. Hardly anyone is talking about that. Even when there are discussions about nation building, 
most of them that I've heard is just trying to paint up what America has done black with some crayons. Most of the people who 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 participate in those discussions have no idea, no love, no knowledge, no nothing on on African traditional um, ancient traditional cultural values. Um, have no idea from having that, then they then it just follows that they have no idea on how to um, make those ancient traditional values and behaviors real and tangible for the present day, and and how to take the ancient and traditional concepts and make them applicable to present. They 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 have no understanding of that. And so in trying to make America, American values black, it's going to fail. It is going to fail. Um, we'll, we'll either be creating another Liberia in the continent or we'll spin our wheels here have something do good for about twenty, thirty years, and then it'll just fall on the damn face. Uh, I'm about getting this right, y'all, <laughs> or, or at least getting the mechanisms in place in in this lifetime that that that's on that right path. So then. Our children and children's children and children's children's children can then follow down this path and uh, get it right within their lifetime. Ah, first, welcome, Taj, to the show. I just clicked over to the chat room. Uh, we did that last week. We went through some of the internal internal generated weaknesses last week. So uh, the quick answer is I'll direct you to last week's show. <laughs> where we went over um, the, the, the complete as they as as the as this paradigm lays it out, the complacency, the greed, the arrogance, and I'm forgetting one. They they had they list about four or five specific things as far as internally generated internal generated weaknesses. Um, and then I even mentioned one of the practices as far as with Kemet bringing in their, their bringing in um, foreign women into the lineage to attempt to create a bond between um, Kemet and said foreign country to help decrease tensions. What they actually did was, you know, they end up being spies that they bring you. That actually brings you your enemy closer into your society to see what's going on, and and all the disruption and confusion that it caused, and how it messed up um, x number of lineages and all that sort of stuff. So so yeah, Kemet messed up. Kemet messed up from the beginning by by attempting to quote unquote civilize and teach <laughs> the barbarous Greeks as they call as their own words called them. So, so yeah, so we sort of went into that a little bit um, in the last show, but that's some of the internal, internally generated weaknesses. Um, 
that Inyama and Shakespeare paradigm laid out that that created this mess and then other folks jumped in and, and have fully taken advantage and exacerbated Yeah, going back to um, Sabanj Renee number eight, I just see that greed and arrogance have been cancers that have eroded the strength and integrity of African families and civilizations from within. Um, So, yeah, so some of those, the way they lay it out, some of those internally generated weaknesses are all throughout um, the the Nyame and Sheshe paradigm. So, yeah, so just... Shoot me an email if you want the documents, because, again, I don't think they let you print and download within the Google Docs document. But I just wanted, you know, folks to have it, and so that's why I put it in that format. So, yeah. So, yeah, so... The African objective in its perpetual war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty and its traditional and spiritually determined concept of order. War is the only appropriate context for the conceptualization of the relations between African and non-African. Number 10, the motive force and the mold for a reconstructed African world must be traditional African culture, including its cosmology and deep thought, its wisdom, its social and economic organization, its morality and aesthetic, and its languages. So number 10 lays out for anyone that's talking about African nation and nation building and all of that, the mold and the motive force that it must be based on. So, in the striving to be free, in the striving to get from out of the oppression of Caucasus, number 10 has to be at the forefront of those vanguard people that small group of people who are going to take that step out and put the foundations of the African nation together. It's that small group that then creates the um, ideological backbone of the institution, of the of the um, industry within the nation, of the, the, the moral messages of the nation. That has to be at the forefront. If number 10 takes a back step and wait, and, and, and those foundation builders wait to push that after folks are already free, I think 
that 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 will lead to too much chaos. That will lead to too much um, division and divisiveness. That will lead to too much confusion because folks would have already had different different um, visions of what they want to do once freedom came. Versus if you all went in with the same vision or with close to the same vision as the fighting is happening, then you get the freedom, then everyone does the collective breath. (sighs) They are defeated. We are free. Now, we had the discussions on what we wanted to do once this day came. Let's get to it. Versus, if you got number 10 in place, at least in the heads of those foundational people, must be traditional African, the, the mold for a reconstructed African world must be traditional African cultures, cosmology and deep thought, wisdom, social, economic organization, morality, aesthetics, and language. So you've already got some plans and some ideas in place on what that's going to look like. Then you get your freedom. Then you take your freedom. Let me say it that way. You have a better idea of the specifics of how you're going to sustain that and how you're going to create it and then how you're going to maintain it. If you don't have that from jump, after that collective five relief and then the freedom aspect sets in, I just see that it will be too hard in that beginning part to then pull all the people together and say, okay, this is now what we're going to do. You're going to have some folks saying, well, I wasn't fighting for that. I was fighting to to, 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 to bring about the black Jesus. I wasn't fighting for that. I was fighting to, to, to have socialism in the 30th century. I wasn't fighting. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So you get rid of all of that nonsense in the beginning. As best you can, you know, folks lie. So <laughs> I, I ain't gonna be real. I ain't gonna emphasize it. But number ten, I feel is key and critical to get into into the hands, especially of those foundational people who are gonna create the building blocks for the nation. Because as we as we've said before, we'll keep saying. All great movements start with small groups of people first, and then it gets to the larger masses. There has never, ever, ever, ever in the history of humanity been everyone is all large, millions and millions of people all on the same page at once, and then they move lockstep that way. No. It usually happens 10, 20, 50, 100 folks. They're dedicated, and they can't be wavered. And, and they build slowly but surely and dedicatedly. I'll make another word tonight. And and then the masses see what they're doing. They buy into that program, and that's how you get masses of people moving in lockstep with um, what you do. I'm reading a question in the chat. Is there any efforts to bring the various African groups together who are practicing an African traditional spirit to a system to 
afford to stay a car group. From my knowledge, the only organization that has that amount of foresight is here in D.C. is the um, Nation Nation House, the uh, the Oncobia Society. Um, they themselves, as a collective practice, um, the Akan system, also they have linked arms with a um, liberation um, pan-African-minded group spiritual house in Philadelphia, and they practice Yoruba. They practice the system of Ifa. Um, and so those those two houses, if you will, or, and organizations are linked. Uh, they, with, within, within the, 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 the peopling of the Ancobia Society, some have come from the Mandate people. And there's a few folks there who can, there's one particular brother, I should say, who can trace his lineage back 100 years, or 1,000 years, excuse me. And that's part of, you know, the, 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 his, um, that's part of his upbringing to be able to do that. And it's an honor to be able to do that, to trace the lineage back. So you've got, so you've got some mandate thought within, within the Ancobia structure, which them, they themselves are a con. Uh, there, there was there was another person who wrote some good information, and who's been dealing with um, the Shona system all the way down, you know, in, in Zimbabwe and South Africa. So, I'm saying that to say that Ancobia here in D.C. has set up a pan-African uh, system that's that's African-centered, that's nationalistic. And they're linking with other systems who are doing the same. Again, with the 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 the, the, the um, house and organization in Philly, um, that's doing some good work. And so they're, you know, slowly but surely. Hey, Timothy, they are slowly but surely moving forward in in doing that. And so now, then, if there's some other pan-African-minded folks that are doing that, that that slipped under my radar, you know, there might be. There may be some folks in Atlanta actually that's doing some work that I'm just not tapped into. But unfortunately right now that's the only group that, that I know of that is doing that, that's, um, form, that's practicing various traditional spiritual systems but doing it from a nationalistic perspective. And that's forming this vanguard group that, I, that I'm calling it that's moving forward slowly but surely with this nation builder piece. Um, would I like it to be more? Of course. Um, um, it's a shame that all of the African spiritual houses um, don't have a nationalistic agenda. Uh, and, and you and I both complain <laughs> about the fact that there's too many um, just bell ringers and just incense burners, and all I need to do is... is, is uh, Get my ori cleaned and I'm good, and the world will be fine. And, you know, we both complain about them, but um, I really wish there were less of them. 
but that's that's what we're talking about. But so yeah, so I know of one group that's moving and doing that. There may be um, another in Atlanta, and I should say in Florida, they're doing some good work. But yeah, there's not enough that's doing it. But the work, but the work slowly but surely is being done. It is being done. How are we doing for time here? And excellent questions, Taj. You always push me, and I don't mind it. It also gives other folks in the chat or listening on live a chance to see where where some of the thinking is going, where um, where some of all this information and all this stuff, where it's going, where it's leading to. Uh, it's not just about reading the books and sitting down and that's it. It's not just about predicting the next European calamity or Asian calamity or whatever on African people. You got to know that. But with this show where and Pan Africanism or Paris, um, it's about um, solutions. It's about pulling together the works of our scholars, pulling together the works and lectures of people who aren't there on the lecture circuit but who are um, top-notch and actualizing it for the betterment of our people. That's what this is about. Um, number 11, because I could go on and on with number 10, actually. Number 11, all of traditional Africa's culture formations must be respected and preserved in fully functional and meaningful form. Number 12, the focus of the African world's development must be exclusively Pan-African with strict but reasoned limitations on interactions with the non-African. The focus, now, now, let's hear this clearly now. The focus of the African world's development must be exclusively Pan-African. So now our focus is getting all African people um, fed, housed, clothed, sheltered, um, medicated, protected. That's the focus. The, the, the ideology, the underpinning ideologies will come from us. The underpinning cosmologies will come from us. All, that's the focus. Um, since, but now they, they they also fully understand with strict but reasoned limitation on interactions with the non-Africans. So there, there are some folks who, again, I, I, I call it like I see it, some folks are just stupid. <laughs> they will say, well, all y'all talking that African, Pan-African stuff, but I'm a person of the world. That's that's the new phrase now. I'm a person of the world, and this is a global world. So you can't just isolate yourself. These are those buzzwords that these fools are using. Again, maybe they just are talking with folks that aren't deeply thinking about this and moving forward. I don't know what it is, but um, it's it's when you're thinking deeply about it, Yes, you have to 
interact with the rest of the world. The rest of the world ain't going away. And as we said earlier, Caucasoids ain't going to leave us alone. But in our nation controlled the way we wanted to, we control the the level of interaction. <laughs> right, the sound bite. We control the level of interaction. If there's one good thing, at least maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that, that, that China was doing was they, they fought tooth and nail to keep a lot of Western influence out of their society. And, and again, like just strict but reason limitations, we can look at whoever we need to look at culturally and take lessons from them. And practically everyone has done that lesson. Everyone for X number of years closes themselves off to the rest of the world for a bit of time to get their own stuff together. Um, Again, I always forget the specific date, but I remember Amos Wilson talked about America didn't, open themselves up to the, 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 the global market, to the markets, if you will, until like 1920s or 30s or something. Don't quote me on that. But he made the, the point that America itself was closed off from everybody else. They were getting their own stuff together after they felt they did that then. Then they went forward out into the rest of the world and did what they did. And we know China, and they built the wall to keep everybody out. And and and, and their culture, you know, was really tight-knit, and they weren't letting other, you know, foreign influences in. And now, you know, more recent in more recent times, they, they see more of a, a, I don't know if it's a need, but they see more of a, a reason to open themselves up but they are deciding the level of interaction with the West and with the foreign ideology and stuff like that. They are deciding it from inside. That's a lesson that we can take. And I'm sure, and, and I'm sure there are some other, other historical examples as well, but those are just two that I can think of. But when you say that to some black folks, that for the next hundred years, we need to shut our borders, go internal, forget globalization, forget global markets, all of that, get our stuff squared away, and then we will reemerge. Um, folks have an issue with that. And, again, I just think that they haven't felt look deeply into the situation in order they understand historical um, precedents. So the focus of our development will be exclusively Pan-African, but there will be strict but reasoned limitations on interactions with the non-African. And especially understanding that they are aggressive in their anti-African and in their pro-themselves um, reality that you have to have limited interactions with it because they will constantly attempt to erode it. Number 13, actually 12 and 14 sort of go together, but I'll read them the way they did them. Number 13, the family must be revitalized and restored to the center 
of the social formation. We did, you know, the uh, almost the whole show based on um, their breakdown of the family piece and how important and vital and crucial that is. So, ah, excellent point, Jaja. Um, in the chat room, he brought out in Saudi Arabia, like I said earlier, ties. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, in Saudi Arabia, they have cultural police to make sure that people are, are adhering to Islamic law. Um, I just read something um, maybe a week, two weeks ago, that there's something called the Chinese Cultural, um, oh, what is it, the Chinese Cultural Cabinet or Cultural National something. But basically they have a wing within their government that, 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 that monitors their culture and other cultural influences within within their society. We know that the Jews have that. Not only do they have their Anti-Defamation League, but it was just brought to my attention that they have an Internet defense front. <laughs> they have an Internet defense front, which which goes through and, and, and makes sure that ain't nobody saying an anti-Jewish. And I'm, I'm saying anti-Jewish because Semitic is a language and we're not anti-language. In other Arab countries, he adds, they have ministries of culture. Maybe that's the phrase, the, ministry, the Chinese Ministry of Culture, or something like that. But I know they have some equivalent that approves all media and books. See? <laughs> See, for folks who don't understand Papazoids and for folks that don't, understand those beginning years of nation building, what y'all are typing in the chat room, they will have a problem with. They, the folks will have a problem with. Here he just said, in other Arab countries, they have Ministry of Cultures that approve all media, books, etc., from the European-American culture or, or all foreign cultures. So just imagine if we had this, remember Little Wayne, <laughs> Nicki Minaj, Tyler Perry, et cetera. Um, yeah. I, and then um, we had another person, Kim too, says we must protect our children from the influences of all, from the influence by all white folks. And he made the statement that the European equivalent is their natural endowment for the arts. Um which, I mean, everyone has mechanisms to to um, protect their culture. But we have bought into this lie of, of uh, everything is everything, everything is okay, and, and you don't want to censor this and censor that. <sighs> The time is going down. I, I want to get into, since number 14 is tying in with what everyone is saying and with what's going on, foreign and non-African technology, methodology, systems, theories, et cetera, if and where 
they are determined to be useful must be carefully adapted to an African cultural paradigm in such a way to ensure that the African paradigm is enhanced by it. And again, so now all of this is coming from the book, The Sankofa Movement, Reaffirmation and the Reality of War. So one of the last chapters in the book, and maybe, you know, yeah, maybe one day we'll do a show on it. They have something called the Inframadon Zimbabwe Paradigm, the Strategic Engagement Modality, where they've laid out um, how to deal with foreign technology, foreign um, ideologies, foreign cultures and stuff coming into um, this African reality that we want to correct, that we want to construct, I should say, the strategic engagement modality. I, I When I first read that, I, I was jumping up and down. I was like, yes, yeah, somebody else gets it. You just can't let every old piece of shit called, called creation, <laughs> uh, called what's cultural creation into your society if you want to create a society that is for your benefit. You can't do it. And that, again, ties into the show that I'm putting the research together for dealing with what is now called soft power. Soft power is basically cultural imperialism. Caucasoids are now using soft power to control the world. They don't necessarily have to go in with the hard power, with the military. If I can get you to equate your your people's values as the same as mine, I got you. If I can get you to want and like and dislike the same thing in your culture as in mine, guess what? I got you. So I don't need to send the army in. I can send in Jersey Shore. <laughs> I can send in um, the American Idol. I can send in those type of, I can send in all of the different primetime shows. If I can pipe these soft power cultural elements into your society, get you to expand energy in them, get you to change how you look at your life and you start seeing yourself in those characters on the TV that's piped in from America and from Europe and other places, guess what? I got you. So I don't need an army because my books have just transformed your reality. My Hollywood has just transformed your reality. It's a lot cheaper. Bombs are expensive. <laughs> F4 fighters are expensive. Making some stuff and piping it through into your through your own media feeds aren't as expensive. But that soft power, that cultural imperialism is flying directly under people's radar all across the world. They just see it as entertainment. 
foreign and non-African technology, methodology, systems, theories, etc., if and where they are determined to be useful, must be carefully adapted to an African cultural paradigm in such a way to assure that the African paradigm is enhanced by it. And if it's not enhanced by it, it is not allowed in the system. It is not allowed in the reality. It's not allowed in that society. Period. And that's hard for people to swallow who have been brought up in this society that gives you the illusion that everything is all good and you can create and do whatever you want. It's no mystery that hip-hop, as hip-hop started out conscious, and and that was the overarching maturity of the style. And after Caucasoids decided that it was something that they wanted to use, that today you can barely get anything, even politically, even politically questioning stuff played on the radio in high rotation today. And see, some folks say, some folks argue that, well, we shouldn't get rid of all the rap crap. We should just strike a balance. I remember the day when consciousness and the party rap were the only two things. But before all this kicks to shoot 'em up shit that's out there now, ad infinitum, it was it was conscious, politically aware stuff, and then the opposite of that was just we wanted to party and have a good time. But even then, the conscious stuff sort of was was um, was more, maybe about sixty forty, you know. <laughs> And so, and so then the gangster rap stuff started coming and coming and coming. And so then, you know, it was about 55, 45. We're not at the point now where we need the total eradication of that crap. <laughs> and, and, and we need another 20 years to go by with just some conscious stuff. Going out, and then if you want to, then if you want to have a balance, but doing a balance now, I don't think would be would would do us good, based on just how low we have been brought with with all this other nonsense that's being put out there. Our, defin- our definition of a good time is warped at best. <laughs> very, very true. Um, so, so yes. Yeah, so we may end up doing a show to help um, share this Inframadon Zimbabwe paradigm, the strategic modality process with other folks to get a feel of what some other folks have been thinking about this. We do have to engage other societies and the rest of the world that's you know goes without saying, 
but you do not take everything in and then expect that your society will stay intact and expect that your society will 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 uh, produce what you want it to produce. No one does that. No one even has the thought of that except us because we, we're, we're just so, we've been so de-dogged to go back to the clip that we played earlier. Uh, and in the society, nations, and whatever that we will create, we will not uh, make that mistake. We will have things set in place to decide and determine what what things we will allow in it, what things we won't allow in it, what things will get major play and stuff, and what things won't. Because, see, after, see, what America does, why America is tricky is after you got your stuff up and running, and after, now, we won't have to do this, but after you have a good, um, <laughs> Disinformation and, and, and brain manipulation campaign out there as well on the people to get the living thinking a certain way. Then you can quote unquote let anyone publish what they want and anyone make what they want because they already know that they've got the majority of the population in their hip pocket to not listen to it, not deal with it. So they give you the illusion that, oh, well, BET. Constantly, we've tried to put news programming on BET, but the numbers and the ratings are always down, so that's why we get rid of them because black folks don't want it. <laughs> you, uh, I could talk about that a little. Anyway, time is winding down. 15. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We must approach all other societies from a position of strength and not as consumers uh, uh, fully, 100% agree with that. Um, and we got to go to them as equals. But, again, we got to set up our stuff first. We got to set up something tangible first and get it working. But then, yeah, step to them as equals. We're not just here on the planet just to buy stuff from you, just to keep your children um, clothed and fed and keep you in fancy houses by giving you all of the money that we generate. That day is is been over. As Baba Mawali said, we need an already too late plan. Um, number 15, nation building is a protracted process and is measured in generations. For those of us that want stuff to happen now, this is a bitter pill for us to swallow. And it's still bitter for me, uh, but I do agree with it that we're not going to get liberation in our lifetime. I'll be 41 later in this month. If I live to be 100, all African people won't be free by the time I reach 100. Now, that don't mean that I'm not going to do every damn thing in my power to put together certain things in place to move that along. But some folks feel that if we can't get it done now, then 
why even do it and why keep fighting and just go find them some, some white women to mess with and lead the struggle and all that sort of stuff. But if you go in with the mindset that nation building is a protracted process and is measured in generations, it's measured in generations, you don't take that to mean oh, well, the next generations will get it all squared away so I can lag now. No. We have to be putting together the blueprint as clear and concise, not even concise, as clear and, and culturally consistent as possible and, and, and leaving the lessons hopefully more positive to negative. So then our children and children's children and, and other folks can then move the agenda forward, hopefully with less confusion than we have now. That's part of our goal. Always working. I mean, we can create Fihankras, liberated zones, right now, today. And we can get pockets of our people to exist in in, in 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 a you know slightly more free reality. We can do that right now as far as getting all one billion five hundred million of us free in the next sixty, seventy years, I don't see that happening. But we must be working to get that to eventually be happening. At some point And then 16 Because I want to go back And make sure I read All of them specifically The process And precedence Of our work Are shielded Ultimately by the agents Of the spirit Including the Abbasun The deities And the Nananomen Samantha The righteous Ancestors But immediately that process and work are protected by our own clarity and steadfastness, our consistent high level of productivity, our creativity, and our ability to effectively transmit the same to our children. So, <laughs> Timothy was going off in there. Um, what number 16 is saying is the work that we are doing, those of us who are on this African path, this pan-African path, the work that we're doing, first and foremost, is shielded and protected by our African spirit forces and by our most righteous ancestors because it's though it's them who have been calling us to do it in the first place. It's them that knocked certain books off the shelves when we weren't looking for them that helped move us forward. It's them that led us to this person, this lecture, this DVD, this building, this whatever. It's the Abbasum and the Nananonismanthal that, 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 that helped generate this within the individual, us. So, of course, they are guiding it, protecting it, and smiling upon it as we do it. Also, 
But that, 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 that's the spiritual protection. What, 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 they, what they're clear with, and that's, again, another reason why I love these folks. They don't get fully, you know, floating out there and start talking about that New Age crap. They're very, very practical in what they deal with. So they bring it back home as well. It, it has that protection, but it also is protected by our own clarity and steadfastness. There will be plenty of folks inside and outside that will try to confuse what being African is, that will confuse what the goals of what we're doing should be. But we have to be clear and steadfast in it, and that helps to protect the work. Our consistent high levels of productivity, um, what we produce, it, it, it has to be uh, either aesthetically it has to be on point or content-wise it has to be on point high levels of productivity. That helps to protect the work that we're doing. Our creativity, we have to be going at this from multiple angles, from multiple ways, using multiple minds. That helps protect it. And our ability to transmit all of what I just mentioned to the children, because, again, going to number 15 is protracted measured in generations. So it's the creativity, the clarity, the steadfastness, the high level of productivity is then transmitted to the children. They will want to continue the work because they will see the need for it. They will see the importance of it. They will see no other way to live but to continue. And so that's what the children of certain families do after that, that, that strong nationalist figure is gone is usually a testament to how that intergenerational transmission got passed down. If they're not following it, then we have to ask, what messages didn't get transmitted to that daughter, to that son, to where they're not continuing that legacy. If they're, you know, jumping into it and moving on with it, then you have to ask the same question. What what did get passed on? How did they do it? How did they make it fun? How did they make it seem important enough to where the child understands it and they're moving lockstep uh, with what the mother, with what the father wanted to do. Um, so the successes, the familial successes, and the familial um, defeats, if you will, both have to be looked at and analyzed. So we will make sure that we don't follow the mistakes and that we make sure that we uh, are doing it, doing it properly, making especially when they're young, making being African fun to the child helps impress it in, in their subconscious a lot better than being the, the, the strict and rigid um, dictatorial, if that's the word, dictatorial aspect of it. You know, and I don't have children yet, so this is, this is theory, but I have seen... Um, Countless families 
uh, within the movement. And, and, and again, you know, some of the children and some of the families are, are great, brilliant minds, and, and, and they're going to be a magnificent asset to, uh, to this liberation, nation-building effort in the future. And, unfortunately, some of the children have went all the way to, to being totally confused. And and it's like with this that the, the father was so much this and this and that, or her mother was so much this and this and that. What didn't get transmitted to the child? What did they do? Just call it. What did they do wrong? So that I don't follow that when I have children, because I want my child and children to follow and continue what what I'm laying down. However, you know, whatever technology is around and however they want to do it, whatever their strength is, maybe their strength isn't talking and writing. Maybe it, maybe they'll pick up the, um, the, 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 the screenplay writing. Maybe they'll pick up the movie, you know, aspect of it and, and, and create that media, that media aspect of moving it forward. I don't care. <laughs> you know, as long as they're moving forward based on, um, what 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 I laid out, and and I know there are other folks on here that's got kids. Y'all got to start thinking about that. How are you going to put the African information in a way that's fun, but also they see the urgency, and you tap into their creativity to use it for the best of African people's benefit. I mean, it, 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 there is no, you know. Um, cookie-cutter formula for it. Uh, now, in African Personality in America by um, Kobe Cambone, he lays out some, you know, minimal foundational pieces that you can do to help shape the child growing up and, 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 and um, positive African images for children, the um, social studies curriculum of the CB institution, they lay out some points as well that at this particular age, the child should be able to do this, this, and that. At this particular age, the child should be able to do this, this, and that. Uh, real quickly, um, coming from that book, they say by six to seven and a half, they should be able to define and describe a community, giving examples of the criteria for community. Um, they should be able to identify the city and state in which one lives on the U.S. map. They should be able to distinguish the cultural nature of the kinds of goods or services in one's community from the cultural nature of the goods and services in other ethnic communities in, other society, in, in, in one city or town. Um, to identify and experience community events that reinforce a sense of unity and African identity in the community. That's just something that six or seven and a half that they should be able to do. And so, you know, that's key and key and key and critical, being able to effectively transmit stuff, this African reality to the children so they will want to continue. So with the last 12 minutes that we have, what I would like to do is just go back through and read all the points so we can conclude properly that way. 
And so, like I said at the beginning, everyone will have the physical breakdown of the Sinyame and Sheshe paradigm. But then now you will also have uh, each principle verbally. So then you can go back and, like I said, if you have the editing software, you can just parcel out this part because I'll just be reading, maybe even repeating some of them. But just read them because all the shows, we've read some, and then, as you heard, went through a bit of elaboration to help explain or go into a bit more depth. But here, in just reading them, I think you'll be able to, to just have them, and then you'll be able to, if you if you then do parcel just this section out, then for you to listen to it on your own, then you can... Um, yeah, you can listen to just the principles on your own and then help get them into your consciousness um, that much more better and then, you know, go from there. So, we got, yeah, we got about 11 minutes left. I'm going to take all the time to read them. Um, unless I don't Right now, see a need for overtime, and we'll try to get it all in now. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll play it by ear. Because some folks might have some other questions about it. So listen. So, in Yame and Sheshe Paradigm, standards to be in Africa, the major tenet of the paradigm the preeminence of spirit, complementarity and balance, Asaseya, Mother Earth and ecological balance, spirocyclic nature of history and reality, family, continuity and intergenerational transmission, Saban Trené, righteous character, reafghanization, personal collective identity, healing, transformation, and development, and lastly, nation-building, national sovereignty, and the war of irreconcilable reality. Preeminence of spirit. Spirit is the realm of the unseen. It is the greater reality and the parent reality of the physical. Number two, Odumakuman the creator of all things seen and unseen, is a collective entity and the singular expression of perfection, order, and balance. Three, Odumakaman is expansive beyond human cognition. What humanity perceives as Odumakaman is facilitated through the Abbasun, the deities, and the, emiss- the deities, the emissaries of Odumakaman. Four, the Abbasum deities exist in part to maintain order through our creation and otherwise to expedite the will of Odumakama. Five, the Abbasum are perpetual. Their work is endless. Their work for Odumakama is never done. Six, the Abbasum facilitate the development of the spirit in its physical experience. Seven, the Ansamanthal ancestors are the children of the Abbasum. Eight, 
the appropriate interaction of the human to the abasum or to the insurmountable is one of reverence and respect. Fear, guilt, and worship are inappropriate effects in the interaction of spirit and person. They are tools of domination. Nine, the abasum and insurmountable are not fortune tellers. Everything is dynamic. Everything is subject to change. Ten, physical beings, including mind and intellect, exist to facilitate the development of the person's spirit. Eleven, the effectiveness of creation, excuse me, the extensiveness of creation is unknowable in the physical as all that can be framed or conceived in human thought cognition is limited by the material conditions of human experience and experience. The spirit itself is largely perceived as an expression of the physical. That limited part of the spirit that is perceived is facilitated by the entity of the spirit and that perception or link transcends intellect and can indeed be nurtured and enhanced. Twelve, we are each given a divine mission by Odomakumar, the Inkrabia, which may be accomplished in one or more lifetimes. Its completion determines to some extent the development of the spirit. Lastly, under the preeminence of spirit, survival is the complement of expansion, as nothing can cease to exist of its own volition or the actions of other beings. It is only Odomakuma that determines the beginning and cessation of existence. Okay, I can see I ain't going to get through reading all of these in the next five minutes, so we will have overtime. Again, unless there's questions, the overtime will be just long enough to get all of this into the record. Um. <clears throat> B, complementarity, balance, and reciprocity. B1. Balance is an expression of the harmonious and steady relationship of the component elements of an entity. Constant change and dynamism is inherent in this relationship as a response to both internal and external forces. The character of the relationship of the component elements determines the identity and developmental processes of that Entity. Two, balance is a mandate of creation. Three, complementarity is the fundamental condition of that balance and exists throughout the physical and spiritual spheres of creation. Four, it is appropriate to pursue balance as a condition of everyday life. Five, all things, seen and unseen, exist in a dynamic 
and complementary duality. They are complete and whole only in their complementary duality. Six, balance, complementarity, and reciprocity always exist. They are constant through our creation and the several dimensions of creation. They are not constrained by time, space, human experience, human cognition, or human perception. Seven, there are no singularities or individuals. Wholeness is defined in the first instance by complementarity of constituent components. Eight, reciprocity is the means by which complementarity is confirmed and balance is achieved. Lastly, under complementarity, reciprocity operates in both the realm of the immediate and the remote. It is a fundamental law of creation. Three, Asasaya, Mother Earth and Ecological Balance. C1. Humanity and all physical life forms are products of the union of spirit, as represented by Nyame or the Abbaso, and the material, as represented by the earth, Asasaya. Two, it is from Asasaya that we acquire those materials that are necessary to sustain, nurture, and develop our physical bodies, the material vessels or material shrines of the spirit. Three, it is in the context of the resources and physical environment provided by Sasaya that the spirit of the human has the opportunity to actualize its personal mission, the Enkravia, and thereby facilitates its spiritual development and that of its clans. Four, our linkage to a sasaya is analogous to that of child to mother, and our interactions with and our responsibility to a sasaya parallels that analogy. A sasaya, no. Before we go to number five, like I said, we've got a minute and a half left in the show. So what we're going to do is use the overtime to finish reading these into the record. And I don't see any questions in the chat. And the phone number is seven six zero four five four one 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 one. if you want to call in and answer questions. But if not, we'll just use the overtime to continue to read all of them succinctly into the record, and then that will be it. And I, I haven't been told by my after spirit forces what next week's show will be, so just stay tuned. Um, so if you listen on the computer, it will die out in 30 seconds, but we will um, continue on 
until all of these have been succinctly read to the record. So, no, the switchboard will stay up. I'm not going to play the closer. I'm going to wait, like, let it die in the next 10 seconds, and then continue reading. Abibi Fahodiedo, Total African Liberation. All right. I want to welcome everyone who called in. Let's go ahead and continue reading these into the record. So you can have them all uh, with minimal interruption this time. <laughs> Number five, Asasaya. Yeah. Asasaya is born of the spirit ultimately and thereby exists and continues to exist as a mandate of Odumakuma. The existence and continuance of Asasuya and her children is determined by Odumakuma and not by those children. Six, being of the spirit, Asasuya is defined in spiral cyclic balance and reciprocity. Seven, a principal measure of the satisfaction of one's personal inkrabia, God-given life mission, and Yame-given life mission, is the extent to which the human will and experience is in concert with that spirocyclic balance of Asasiya. Eight, for our people, the forests, mountains, caves, springs, Rivers, the winds, and sky are all entities or places where we commune with the deities, the ancestors, and other spiritual beings. These things and places must be maintained and or restored to their pristine conditions. Nine. No usage of a given natural resource should exceed that which the earth itself can replenish in a human lifetime or that level that can simply be restored by human ingenuity. Ten, those complex and interrelated components of a given ecosystem should be well understood so as to facilitate ordered, and sustainable usage. Eleven, it is appropriate to seek to restore the natural environment where the ability of natural resources to restore the order have been previously interrupted or destroyed. Lastly, under Asasiya, economic development should be planned in a way that does not deplete or degrade the natural resources. Those plans should provide for substantive protection of those resources for future generations. Area D, spirocyclic nature of history and social order. One. The cycle is a fundamental condition of creation. 
It describes the dynamic nature of balance and reciprocity. Two, history is spirocyclic, recounting the past, defining and recording the present, and outlining the future. Three, there are cycles within cycles and seasons within each cycle. Four, Africa is the geographic, geographical homeland of humanity and ordered social existence civilization. It was Africa where the cycle of human history originated. Five, there are no precise points of beginning and ending. Six. Each cycle is informed by the preceding cycle and does not mirror it. Seven, each cycle must be studied, examined, to identify the lesson for the subsequent cycle. The lessons must be clear and their application effective less the cycle is repeated with different characters but the same outcome. Eight, the cycle of any single entity is not influenced by another entity. The process of the cycle of one entity cannot be determined or be understood beyond generality by studying the cycle of another entity as the cycle of each entity is unique. Nine, I'm sort of fighting <laughs> the, 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 the influence of, of going into them because I feel I already went into them, but I pause like, I want to say something, but no, just read it. Nine, the differentiation of humanity into races is a function of environment, time, and degree of alienation from the paramount and primordial order of the creator. This differentiation is itself a part of the greater cycle of the going and coming of humanity. Ten, the disruption of African social order and balanced development represents the normal divergence pattern of the spiral cycle. This divergence is exaggerated by millennia of compounded errors of cultural dilution and cultural compromise. That disruption began with the incorporation of non-African elements in the family clan line. It was further exacerbated by complacency, greed, arrogance, and the proximity and accommodation of non-African culture. And that, that sort of, again, goes back to uh, Tazer's question earlier. Number 11, the African and non-African are irreconcilable reality. Twelve, 
there are four seasons to the spiral cycle. They include diversion, destruction, convergence, and reconstruction. There are two celestial points or complementary polarities that culminate each of the two sets of seasons. Those points are ma'at, divine order, and ifset, maximal chaos. And that was the last one under the spirocyclic nature of history and social order. Next is family, lineage, continuity, and intergenerational transmission. Number one, family is the first and foremost expression of Odomakamai in the physical human realm. Two, family is the first shrine. Three, family and children are the true measures of wealth. Four, personal development is achieved only in the context of family and the actualization of family mission. Five, family is the answer to most questions regarding the issues of survival and development. Six, family is the chief strategy and most effective weapon of war. Seven, personal and family mission are functions of the pursuit of resolution of family challenges and balance and the maintenance of family continuity and development. Eight. Every family must seek to reestablish its family shrines and the linkage between itself, its clan ancestors, and guiding Bosun or deity. Nine, a primary function of family is the facilitation of its children's discovery of their personal mission within the context of the family mission and the development of the children's spiritual, physical, and intellectual abilities for the actualization of that mission. Ten, family is the basis of national existence and continuity. Eleven, family is the medicine of the insurmountable phenomenon of the most exalted, most righteous ancestors. Twelve, each member of the family must study and know the history of the family and clan, including its strengths, challenges, mission, principal members, its physical and cultural origins, and its guiding Bosun deities and insomnophile ancestors. Thirteen, all members of the family must find and identify themselves within the family constellation. They must establish and maintain close substantive linkages with the family. Fourteen, the family members must commit themselves to the resolution or closure of clan challenges that manifest in their personal characters. 
15. Each family member must contribute to the actualization of the family or clan mission. 16. Each family member must act to facilitate cohesiveness, clarity, affective and spiritual bonding within family. 17. Within each family, the spouses must provide moral and material support for the full development of the other spouse. 18. Each family member must work to provide for the physical and financial security of the family. 19. The family must see itself as a perpetual entity with a central mission. 20. Each family or clan member must provide moral and material support for his or her own children and other children within the family. And lastly, under family, it is the responsibility of the family elders to establish specific developmental goals for the family and its members with appropriate consultation with the entire clan membership. They should provide the family with a clear description of the process and structure that is necessary for the accomplishment of the family mission. Saban Trine, Righteous Care. Number one, it is the impassioned pursuit of truth and wisdom that leads to the realization of one's incrabious and Yame-given mission. And this pursuit facilitates the real development of the spirit. Two, true wisdom does not cease to grow, and it cannot be taken away. It is dynamic and perpetual. Three, wisdom is the product of the total experiences of family and community, and it is enriched as it is applied to the betterment of that community. Four, we exist and we are defined in relationship to the collective, including the family clan lineage that birthed us and to whom we owe our first duty, and to the community which provides opportunity for expansion and development. Our beginnings and our future are shaped in the sincerity of our connection and service to the collectives about us. Five, humility is the complement of knowledge and confidence. Six, the sun does not speak. It is mute in the awesome brilliance of its being as it awakens and sustains life. It does not boast. It does not need or heed our accolades and rhymes. It simply does as the sun does. There is strength in modesty. Humility is the garment of fortitude and substance. We must do and be as African men, as African women do and are. Quiet, clear, and engaged 
in an impassioned pursuit of truth, righteousness, and sovereignty. Seven, moderation is constructive and facilitates order. Excess, including psycho-emotional addictions, promiscuity, stimulants, hallucinogenics, depressant drugs, sexual aberrancy, gadgetry, consumerism, copulcopy, etc., are agents of chaos and confusion. Eight, greed is the impulsive desire to appropriate and consume more than that which is needed or equitable in terms of the collective need. Greed arises from a narrow and selfish concern with self and a disconnection or incomplete bond with the collective, spouse, family, community. Greed and arrogance have been the cancers that have eroded the strength and integrity of African families and civilizations from within. Now, truthfulness anticipates trust, which together forms the key component of the bond among family, community, and nation. Truthfulness is the basis of personal and collective integrity. Ten, should an action require a non-truth, it must be avoided. We put an asterisk. Eleven, truthfulness is the foundation of respect and honor. Twelve, compassion for those less fortunate than ourselves or those who may be vulnerable is required of those who would aspire to the balance and reciprocity that is mandated by Odumakuma, the deities, and the ancestors. Compassion issues from the heart and must be tempered by reason. Thirteen, integrity is the measure of character. It finds a strength in diamondism and trustworthiness and in righteous and principled thought and behavior. It is grounded in the wisdom of the elders, the ancestors, and the deities. It is sustained by the pursuit of truth and the demand for justice. Fourteen, generosity is a companion to compassion. Generosity is to give earnestly of oneself. This generosity supersedes quantification and it originates in the capacity to connect with and know others in a way that transcends the material. It is an expression of a concern for order and justice. Fifteen, the relationships of married persons or companions anticipating marriage are among those sacred relationships that should not be violated by the inappropriate behaviors of the partners themselves or of non-associated persons, including those behaviors originating in lust, envy, and deceit. Sixteen, sexual relations are not trifle. These encounters must be restricted to the domain of sacred and community-sanctioned relationships as they serve to cement those relations and provide the means for the materialization of other human spirits and the perpetuation of the lineage. 
17. Conjugal relations are appropriate only, only in consensual adult heterosexual unions. 18. Productivity and work are the preoccupation of those whose life path leads to material success and proximity to the deities, ancestors, and their blessings. 19. Cleanliness of body is requisite for physical health. The physical body is one's principal shrine. The maintenance of the body then facilitates one's spiritual development. Cleanliness of the mind facilitates integrity and good character. It also facilitates an ordered living environment, an ordered and productive life. 20. Slander and innuendo are tools of the enemy of Africa. They are implements of division, dissension, and disorder. 21. Laziness is a sickness born in part from incomplete parenting, fear, and insecurity. It is masked by a feigned, dispassionate unconcern. It is an escape pod from reality, including personal developmental challenges that become in time a personal prison, the walls of which cannot be breached either from the inside or the outside. Selfishness is a companion to laziness. 22. Revenge is an inappropriate objective in human relations. Knowing that reciprocity is real and effective and understanding one's own role in the processes that led to a personally unfavorable outcome is paramount. Look what Twenty-three. The willful and or malicious taking of a life and the willful harming of another are offenses against the family and clan and community to which that person belongs. And lastly, under Saban Chernay, righteous character, mastery of the self, of impulse without reason, is a virtue of the wise, the modest, and the strong. Self-control evidences an ear for the voices of the ancient ones. Next section, reaffinization, personal, collective healing, transformation, and development. Number one, the person is a unique expression of the ancestral clan and is linked to that continuum. Two, there are no individuals. Three, the intellect and emotions serve jointly to facilitate the ordered experience of the physical. It is the spirit in its quest for resolution of personal and or collective challenges and development that is the driving force. Four, intuition is an expression of the linkage between the the terrestrial and the spiritual, the physical and the spiritual. 
Five, culture is the principal determinant in historical development. Culture is the product of the collective history of a people and is being constantly informed by the forces of the seen and unseen. Six, reafghanization is that process of rediscovery, reclamation, and reidentification with the traditional culture of Africa. It is simultaneously the abandonment of non-African linkages, values, and behaviors. Reafghanization is the obligation of every African family and person. Seven, truth, righteousness, and balance must be prominent values and objectives in the process of personal and collective development and the accomplishment of one's life mission. These values must be firmly grounded in the traditions and cultural reality of Africa. Eight, all non-African expressions, philosophies, religions, ideologies must be abandoned as norms in our lives. Nine, collective and personal healing requires the recognition of disorder and the hidden causes or agents of that disorder. Those hidden agents or causes include unresolved ancestors as well as psychic and social influences of the enemy's political economy. Healing must be undertaken in the spirit before it can be actualized in the physical. Healing in the spirit is facilitated by the Abbasum and then Samantha Nanana, by the deities and the exalted ancestors. Thorough and comprehensive knowledge of race, nation, and clan history is essential for all members of the society. Twelve, the object the object of education is the perpetuation of the national racial culture, its collective identity, and the acquisition and maintenance of national sovereignty. Lastly, under reafganization, concise and unambiguous personal mission statements informed by the Abbasum ancestors and elders are requisite for the mature adults. Last section in the Nyame Sheshe paradigm in our standards to be an African paradigm, nation building, national sovereignty, and the war of irreconcilable culture realities. One, Africa is experiencing the nadir, or condition of maximal chaos, in its historical cycle. Two, the condition of maximal chaos is occasioned by the dissolution of traditional societies, the scattering and dismemberment of ancient clans and lineages, the abandonment of traditional shrines, and the ignorance of traditional cosmology. 
it has been occasioned only incidentally by the ascendancy of the non-African to a position of world conqueror and dominant cultural, political, and economic presence. Three, the pursuit of full and complete national sovereignty must be undertaken simultaneously with the quest for personal and collective reaffirmation and family development. They are all essential aspects of the same effort. Four, the physical reality of Africa is grounded in the spirit, and its motive force is the dynamic interaction of spirit and material. Five, the physical culture and polity of Africa have been compromised by an alien cultural reality which denies spirit and whose perception of reality is limited to the material and driven by the pursuit of power and dominion. Six, the relation of the two cultural realities is adversarial and manifests in perpetual tension and conflict. Seven, the historic imbalance in warfare between the two cultural realities was brought on by the Africans' internally, internally generated weakness and the opportunistic expansion and proliferation of the non-Africans' aggressive parasitism, parasitism, and endemic chaos. Eight, the Africans' objective in this perpetual war is the restoration of Africa's cultural, political, economic, and social sovereignty in its traditional and spiritually determined concept of order. Nine, war is the only appropriate context for the conceptualization of the relations between African and the non-African. Ten, the motive force and the mold for a reconstructed African world must be traditional African culture, including its cosmology and deep thought, its wisdom, its social and economic organization, its morality and aesthetic, and its languages. Eleven, all of traditional Africa's cultural formations must be respected and preserved in fully functional and meaningful form. Twelve, the focus of the African world's development must be exclusively pan-African with strict but reasoned limitations on interaction with the non-African. Thirteen, the family must be revitalized and restored to the center of the social formation. Fourteen, foreign and non-African technology, methodology, systems, theories, copy, etc., if and where they are determined to be useful, must be carefully adapted to 
an African cultural paradigm in such a way to assure that the African paradigm is enhanced by it. Fifteen, nation building is a protracted process and is measured in generations. And lastly, in Yame Sheshe's paradigm, the process and precedence Our, of our work are shielded ultimately by the agents of the spirit, including the Abbasum and the Insamanfumanano. But immediately that process of work is protected by our own clarity and steadfastness, our consistent high levels of productivity, our creativity and our ability to effectively transmit the same to our children. So there you have it. Those are all of the tenets and principles under each tenet of Inyame and Sheshe of what we call the standards to being African. They themselves, let it be known that this is not a um, complete, done document. It, it's to grow, it's to expand. Um, as more is done, as more is learned. Um, they reserve the right to expand to it. Uh, but definitely from all my reading and experience thus far, this is the most complete document uh, to, 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 to properly and fully put us on the path uh, of being African. Of, of nation building, of reorganization, of creating family, of, of all of that. It, 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 it lays out some magnificent points that if, if, I mean, you know, with righteous character, you know, everybody in the society should be going through those um, 24 aspects. But, you know, you could get, You could get some parts of the society that would be focused on, you know, maintaining the principles of Asasaya within the society. You could have other aspects of the society focused on the um, making sure that the, the aspects of the nation-building piece are, are tied into um, what that society is doing. Uh, each individual should be in the society should be focused on the family and the nation building on the family piece uh, you know so there most of this is you know for each individual, <laughs> but I could also see how um, you could create certain divisions or departments within the said nation that you're trying to create to ensure that certain things are being followed and that certain things are being done that's in line with um, 
this particular paradigm if said society wanted to use it as a directive. Um, if, again, this this is um, part five in the conclusion. Uh, what we just did was just go through and read all of them. But if you're if this is your first time, you know, hearing hearing these principles, go back through and, and download the first four parts of of these talks because we went through each area and each principle and pretty much each principle uh, I had something to say about it. There were a few that maybe for time I just went over. Um, and moved on. There were a few that dealt with other spots in the book that that weren't immediately germane to where we wanted to go. Some may have just glossed over it. But pretty much every single principle got some extra explanation or 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 or, or um, exposition analysis um, about for for clarity or just or just because. And so if this is your first time hearing that you come in, someone told you about it, you're coming in on this conclusion, you definitely will want to go back and download the other four parts to these to this series so you can get um, a little bit, you know, hopefully a little bit uh, more clarity on a particular matter if you had, you know, a question or something. But even with that, if you do have questions um, about some of the principles, again, either I can attempt to, either I can answer them, I can attempt to answer them, or I can talk to the, I can (laughs) schedule me to talk with the authors of them who who pulled these together and get clarity and then bring it back um, to Africa's Reascension audience, you know, just hit me up. Either leave a comment on the show page itself or shoot me an email. Again, Kamau301, K-A-M-A-U-301 at yahoo.com. And either, like I say, I can answer it, I'll let you know that I'm attempting to answer it, or I'll let you know I get back with you while I go talk to the people who put it together and um, get get further clarity on some of so we can roll like that. Um, again, a lot of people have been, um, as I said in the beginning, gobbling up these shows, and they've been downloading them um, very, very well, and that's very, very good. It's good that y'all are seeing um, some some use and some benefits to this, and I really hope that uh, the episode and the month will use me to impart clarity um, within these shows so now you can walk away with these uh, five shows and you individually are a bit more clear on what we're talking about when we talk about Africa worldview and African reality and African cultural experience, the the ancient and traditional uh, 
African cultural experience. You're a bit more clear on when we talk about we want to create an African nation based on the best of our principles, the best of our traditional principles, but then updating them for present day. Um, hopefully this gave you a little bit of idea of what that could look like or what it should look like. Um, hopefully you're now even thinking about what role that you can play in bringing this about. While Africa's reascension may not get a whole lot of people, I think we get some very, very good people. And, and everyone has questions. and Everyone has, you know, different things that they can bring to uh, this, this, this African nation that we want to create, uh, whether it be actual resources, money, whether it be uh, clear thinking, whether it be uh, family building skills, whether it be uh, child raising, all of it, everything will be needed positive within um, our reconstituted African nation. And so the skill set that you have, we can find a way to get it in to help facilitate not only getting out of oppression, because that's only part of it, but then sustaining and living as we Africans should be, should be living <laughs> instead of what we're doing now. A lot of them, a lot of principles in there clear, uncut, straightforward. And I know folks will have some problems with them based on the present way that we have been socialized. I put that in quotes. Brainwashed would be more like it. Be Africanized is the best way to say it. And so some of the principles I know folks will have issues with. Um, but if you attempted to study and look at what the African worldview is, if you've looked at our history for real, for real, from what, using an African lens, um, then you know that 80 to 85% of the way that we're doing things now is incorrect. It's, we call it, call it what it is, it is incorrect. And it's keeping us where we are, and it's pulling us backwards. We have to do things differently if we want different results. And one of the many purposes of these now five shows on the Yami Association Paradigm stands to be an African is to lay out some of those specifics, some of those individual specifics and some of those collective specifics that we must do or must begin doing to do things differently to get different results. 
period. So, with that said, again, major, major medoxies to everyone who's listening, who's supporting, who's downloading. Hopefully everyone will love this sh- this concluding show as they've loved all the rest of them. Uh, like I said, I'm not exactly sure what next week's show will be about, so make sure to follow the show. So once I figure it out, <laughs> or once it's given to me, then you'll know, and you can uh, jump on in and be a part of what we're doing here in Rebuilding African people So then those rebuilt African people Those reawakened African people Can then rebuild African nations And an African nation So then we can rebuild Our African greatness I and we are not here to be a lapdogs of Arabs. We are not here to be the lapdogs of Caucasoids. We are not here to, in the future, be the lapdogs of Chinese or anybody. We are to be and exist as we choose to be and exist and interact and we have the right to interact with any and everybody else on those terms. We have to understand who we were when things, when our time, when we were in our right mind. We have to be clear on what that was. We have to dig in and find those static elements that stand the test of time, that's still present today in the rural and traditional areas of the continent, and and, and dig those up for whatever we are as African people on the continent today, right now. And then we have to modernize them without westernizing them because we're in a different time now. And uh, we have a hostile, anti-African enemy in front of us, effing with us all day. So we're going to have to tweak those elements. But once we learn them and know them, then by living now, we'll be equipped to figure out what's the best way to bring those elements that have stood the test of time to bear for where we are now and use them to create the best that we can create and use them to be the best that we can be as we want to be it and go from there. And that's, that's it. All right. So now we'll play the song. Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation. Yabedi Inkomil, We Will Be Victorious. 
see you all next week. of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. <laughs>